thought of what I'm going to say about you. Uh, welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. <laughs> uh, proudly brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philly and always at LLPavorsky.com. I am Spike Eskin, along with a guy who sort of looks like a super nerdy Jake Pavorsky in person. Oh, that come is- on. <laughs> <laughs> Can I start with that or no? Should sure, I? yeah, yeah. All right. Um, no one will ever know what we're talking about. Um, that is Mike Levin of LibertyBallers.com. That's Good right. morning, Mike. Good morning. Wow, that just does Jake, put... does Jake listen to this podcast? I don't think he does. Nah, I don't think so. I, you can tell. I can. I see Jake sort of a lot because he works. He works at WIP a few days a week with uh, with Angelo. Angelo depends on Jake in a very uh, in a very meaningful way, and. I you sort of know who listens and I don't I don't begrudge anyone who doesn't listen but I he do. he never <laughs> he never he never seems to know if we've discussed something in my limited I don't talk to him a lot but I see him a lot I don't I don't think he listens that's okay I you know for a while I didn't listen to any I I would say for the first Two years of this podcast, maybe. I didn't listen to any podcast at all except for Simmons, maybe. I think that was the only podcast I listened to. So, Yeah. Speaking of which – Did you start start listening to S-Town? Yeah, I was about to bring that up. I am on episode five right now, and I don't want to give anything away. I know. I'm not going to say anything. I'm I'm on episode four. Okay. It is amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. There was a – I wanted to give the guy credit who wrote something. The line he wrote in the last episode – and this won't give anything away. The line he wrote in the last episode was – it was something to the effect of like – it was like he held the negatives to so-and-so's – like the long-lost negatives to so-and-so's pictures when he was telling a story because some story was the complete opposite of the other. Like it's just so well-written and compelling and – uh, I was like crying at the end of yeah, 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 yeah. anyway S Town everyone knows it it's not like we're cluing anyone yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good though it's it, very good and I promise we'll get into the podcast but I want to say something about podcast because you you brought that up is you know there is there are so many podcasts that are like ours in that here's a couple people talking for a topic about forty five minutes or an hour and then there are so many like, I don't know if you ever listened to Reply All. Or um, and then there's you know the serial ones and there's just uh, it's so amazing to see where the medium has come and the different sorts of things that are in there and it makes me feel like our podcast is so bad when I listen to S Town because it is so it I guess it's just amazing how different they are that they're the same thing they're both podcasts but they're so different and I, a few years ago I don't know that that was true you know it's almost like they're like any other entertainment medium like TV or movies yeah. and that, you know, it's so different. It's S-Town is wonderful. Anyway, the uh, the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast, 
is available on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. On our march to 1,000 five-star ratings on iTunes, we now have 453. The most recent review I liked a lot, the subject line says, by the way, he gave us five stars, I've never listened to this podcast. Um, So far, so good. Yep. Vander Yellow is the name of the person that left the review. From what I've gathered, the podcast consists of this guy, Mike, and what I can only assume is his dog, Spike. A (laughs) A few years ago, I saw this. Yeah. A few years ago, I saw this interspecies TED Talk thing with Peter Gabriel where they wanted to get animals involved with the internet. I didn't doubt that someday we'd get there, but I didn't expect dogs to be podcasting so soon. Not really sure how the Sixers come into play here. So that and that's the end of his review. So we I love like your it. yeah, we love your your five-star reviews on iTunes and leave the bad reviews out. A reminder, the lottery party is now what 46 days away, May 16th at Xfinity Live. Tickets are sold out. There will be a, another limited batch of tickets released on May 15th at 10 a.m. Just keep an eye out on our Twitter and our Facebook and writestreakysanchez.com. Of course, all the wonderful things going on, like retiring Sam Hinkie and the process with a giant banner raised to the rafters, um, a photo booth with a, a life-size cutout of Vlade Divac, um, and we'll get to more Vlade news later, obviously, a, a photo booth with my dog Rebel, both for charity. We're going to have a giant podcast on the stage outside of Xfinity Live after the lottery party itself with uh, with Derek, who promises to one day start a podcast, and uh, Max Rappaport and Jim Adair, who also have been looking to start a podcast. And of course, D- Derek Daily Podcast Bodner. Oh yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that, Mister. I'm going to podcast every day, Mister Paywall himself. And by the way, that is uh, we'll talk about that later. But that is amazing what what Derek has been able to do, like the step that he has taken. I'm sort of. Um, I'm almost like, no, Derek, don't do that um, when I saw what he was doing. But congrats to Derek and his soon-to-come daily podcast. I'll believe it once I see him do more than his one podcast that he's done so far. And, of course, at Lottery Party, we will have the uh, on-site engagement where you will win a – someone will win a $7,500 um, engagement ring from L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers by – by proposing right there on site at the lottery party. For more details and to enter, go to com. And finally, thing about the lottery party, don't like miss out on the T-shirts. Um, you have to order by May 1st to get them in time for the lottery party. The sooner the better. There are three versions. The We Traded Nerlens for a Fake Draft Pick version and then the two Death of the Process versions, all available on com, and all benefit our two wonderful charities. All right. You ready to go? The Sixers. All right. I have here's, – here's what I have to discuss. Here's on my list. I have – I wanted to discuss briefly TJ's evolving look, TJ McConnell's evolving look. Obviously, the – Got to start with the most important stuff first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, come on. Um, the, obviously we have to discuss the rumors about Sam Hankey and Kings and the impending free agency of Sam Hankey, the final days of the process era, you know, we've discussed when it ended, whether it is when Sam left or they traded Netherlands, but this is really, you know, the end. So we will discuss that. Um, I, I thought about maybe every five minutes or so running tankathon and seeing what we get, but that's up to you. <laughs> um, 
I want to discuss, obviously, the injuries to Robert Covington that will keep him out the rest of the year. Put injuries in quotes because I don't know if it's a real injury or not. And uh, and the the excessive, seemingly excessive number of injuries we've we've uh, we've experienced over the last few years. Of course, we have to talk about the show. Uh, we have to talk about the trial, the very important trial and error episode coming up this week. Very very important, and the return of the jigsaw. That's what I have on my list. So what do you uh, what do you got? I what gotta you start with uh, always start with the existential stuff first. Okay, which is where we are process era because we hit this point in the off season around what like August September where we're like oh there's nothing else to talk about. Yes, and we hit that hit the Sixers season about two weeks ago, and so now we're just we're we're just scraping by. We're just we got to just hold our breath. Six more games left, right? I think isn't six. it seven? It's six or seven. I don't know. No, I'll six. Look it up. Yeah, twenty-eight and forty-eight. Okay. Um, and uh, I I agree. Obviously, we there's been multiple points that the process died. I would say. When Hinky left for well, yeah. When Hinky left, first of all. Well, no, obviously. no. I would say when Jerry Colangelo signed on, that would be. I think that's the first moment. That's right? the first, yeah, the first like trigger. Yes, but when, we didn't, when we didn't here, know. Yeah, we yeah, didn't, yeah, right. Okay. But but, but when Hinky's still here, I, I'd say that's still the we're still in it. So when he left, and then when Nerlens got traded, and then I think at the end of this, well, also when Hollis got cut. Which was still hurts, yep. uh, and then I'd say by the end of the season, because next year is like, as we've been saying for forever, there's no reason to lose next year. We got, we're gonna have all the stuff. We're gonna have either two lottery picks from this year or an unprotected Lakers pick next year. Like we're we're in great shape. They're gonna start winning games and. Obviously, we've been rooting for them to win games now and then when they're in it, but there will be a set of expectations next year. Yeah, yeah. There's no. There should. If something happens at some point next year, and we're all like, throw it away. Let's just get the best pick we can get. You'll know that something has gone terribly wrong. You know. Yeah. Like, like your two best players don't play most of the season because of injuries, and your. Well, that sounds yeah. crazy. Oh, oh, that, yeah. That <laughs> right. Um, right. So, and as we, um, yes, and and like the, there there are fewer players that are involved in the the process here, and something could happen off season wise, whether it is a major trade or a major signing that will sort of you know put the the nail in the coffin of all of this, and. I'll tell you, I, I um, it seems like this year there are more. Are there more people tanking at the end of this year than a normal year? Because it seems like this year there's more. I think absolutely. Right. So there's because I, I think there are currently seven. Well, I guess you wouldn't count Brooklyn. So six teams that are definitely, obviously, blatantly tanking. And and that is the Lakers and yeah. the Suns yeah. and the Magic mm-hmm. and the Sixers mm-hmm. and the Kings. You are also on Tankathon right now. I can tell. Right. Yes, and and the uh, yeah, because I know things right away, which I'm not yeah. normally doing. And also the Knicks. That's right. Right. And by the way, I just ran Tankathon the first time. This the Celtics get the first pick, uh, the Sixers get the fifth pick, and the Lakers get the second pick. It just it goes sort of chalk. 
is where I see it the first time. So, so how are you feeling? I guess like about are, the end of the stuff. Yeah, the end of the stuff, and even I was watching last night, and I, I gotta tell you, it's. There have been a lot of joyless times to watch the Sixers, but yes, it feels, we specialize. This it, whole podcast about, is about joyless times to watch the Sixers. But this feels like the most joyless I've I've felt in a long really? time. Really? Yeah. We've we've had to have said that a million times. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I trust us. Well, in terms of joylessness. But there's not even any agony. Like I, I would say during the losing losing streak things, when we were worried for Brett Brown's job and all those things, there was maybe agony and fear and all that stuff. When they when I saw the thing that Covington is out for the year with the yeah. minute, I'm like, oh shit, man, what am I? Do-? And I was watching. I finished up the first half last night, and uh, I was thinking to – I was like, what am I doing even watching this? I don't even yeah. know what I'm doing. My wife is over there. I, I have a life. I love my wife and my dog and my cat, and I have a nice house. What am I doing? It, yeah. it feels the most meaningless that it's ever felt, I think, the games themselves. Yeah. Yeah, we're just playing out the string. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some there's some good stuff. I know you're not – I know you don't get excited by Justin Anderson stuff, but it feels like he's doing stuff. And Sean Long seems – I'm happy for Sean Long that he's playing decent basketball. And hopefully – I don't think he'll get a contract here, but hopefully he deserved to get one somewhere um, as a guy who can rebound and hit threes. Break your top draft pick's foot. He's and yeah, and any, any foot breaking, he's, he's your guy. I, Do you know, I, who leads the, you know who leads the Sixers in win shares this year? Oh. Not win shares for 48. Who leads the Sixers in straight-up win shares? In total win shares. Yeah. All right. Let me think about this for a second. Um, not win shares per 48, but total win shares. Yeah. Is it Embiid? No, Embiid is seventh. Oh, wow. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, then I don't uh... – Well, because it, it, it's, it's based on how much you play. Right, but but also you can have if you're bad, it can take away from you, right? I mean, yeah. so uh, I don't know, TJ, TJ McConnell, yeah, wow, three point eight, three point eight total win shares, good for TJ McConnell, beautiful boy. I think just I still think Justin Anderson sucks. By the way, I still think I think as a basketball player he sucks. As a guy, you remember. <laughs> Let me take you back a few years. You remember Andres Nocioni? Of course. And one thing that he did was the only good thing about Nocioni, uh, except, except, aside from Tostioni, was... Oh, you remember. Yeah, of course. The only good thing about Nocioni was that he was really annoying to opposing players. And yeah. he would drive them sort of batshit because he would, like, in a less... You know, it's sort of what Draymond Green thinks he's doing, but Draymond Green is is way too annoying. It's actually what uh, I guess Patrick Beverly does. Um, Justin Anderson is so annoying that if he at to the opposing players that if he could find a way to be at least a passable ball player, he would be fun to have on the court eight or ten minutes a game to drive an opposing player nuts. I don't think he's there yet as a basketball player, but he is. 
Like he forced Kyrie Irving to throw him into the the bench yesterday, and, and then, there's value in that. Yes, and then get, had the nerve to give Kyrie Irving the "Hey man, what are you doing?" look after he fell into the bench because he knows he's totally annoying. So I I think there's that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of I I can't wait for the final six games to be over. I think I'm I'm definitely there. I need I want it to be over. I want it to be the lottery party already. I don't really have yeah. anything else to say. I I think. I've already. I'm sort of numb. I've, I've, I've already. Well, they're gonna, they're gonna sign somebody right now. Did you hear that? No. Covington's out and Okafor's out, so they're going to sign another person, which is the only thing that they could do to me to get me back in. Is signing it? some random ass player to a ten day contract, who I remember from like, you know, East Carolina in 2013. Well, that, I, that would do the trick for me. I but. was thinking it would be fun to be Nate Rob, but the problem is that Nate Rob is a little too capable of winning a game accidentally. No, 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 no. Yeah. It could be Nate Rob. That could be it. That could be like a hey, be fun about it. But I'd hate it. I would hate that. No, I, I, I think I hate, well, I hate Nate Robinson, and I never want him to be happy. Hmm. Because of the dunk contest, or because of some because other of the dunk contest? Yeah. But but it wasn't Nate Robinson that did it. I don't blame. I don't Nate. care. I don't care. I blame everybody. Okay. <laughs> I blame everybody involved. What if, he what if he apologized? What if he apologized? If he apologized and said Andre deserved to win, then then he'll be welcomed back into my good graces, and he can sign a ten day for the Sixers. Okay, all right. I'm trying to think. I would love to. You know, what would be a fun return. Would be I'd love a. I'd love six games of Xavier Silas. Uh, that was even pre Hanky. Yeah, Hollis. Why not Hollis? Bring Hollis back. He's around. Wait, did Hollis get cut? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see. Oh, that's that's. Orleans got cut, and now he's I think playing. Somewhere in the D-League. Oh. That's a shame. It's a shame. How the mighty have fallen. All right. It feels like we've run out of gas on this one. No, no, no. With so much gas. I have so much gas. Um, no, I mean on this particular topic. Should we just move on? I don't I don't know what well, else to say I mean, are about you, are you? Are you, like, mournful for, for like, I, okay, so a couple years ago, I think it would have been before, unfortunately, before the Okafor lottery. I think it was Liberty Ballers. We were writing like a a couple different articles about how like this is it, you know, like we're going to start getting good. And this is like the end of innocence. Like now, now there's going to be expectations and we're going to give a shit about the team. And obviously that wasn't the case, but do you, I, I still, I still apply that sense of, well, the, I mean, it's not pure anymore or whatever because obviously what happened with the front office and ownership happened, but there still is this, you know, fanciful lightness around the team that once once we're like, you know, look at a team like Memphis, Memphis's, Memphis's fans might not be, or like the Clippers, they might not be super pumped about the team even though they're, going to win about 50 games do you know what i'm saying so like we're 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 going to hopefully enter an age of expectations and legitimate hopeful like nothing is good enough until it's contending right so what is i i agree with everything that you said uh except that memphis fans seem to be enjoying things in a in their in their in their mid-market sort of way but 
the and I, I don't mean that so, as an so, so yes you did I no no so I, I I no I didn't mean it I I just sort of meant it in the like Oklahoma City fans are just sort of happy to be there everybody like there are some markets even Warriors fans on some level before all of this happened just keep showing up I meant it, it in a complimentary way actually um, that that are they're just happy to have a, a team and the team's good and they like watching good basketball I don't I don't I certainly don't mean it in an insulting way I know that's how it came out so I guess what yeah, is it still does a little bit but yeah. I like it but I I don't I really <laughs> don't mean it I don't, I don't want to start a war with those people. So my question, I guess, is so as we we enter that, I okay. If we were entering it the way that I expected, I would I would tell you I would be able to tell you how it feels. But I don't. I feel a I feel a um, a devotion to certain players on the team. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of them, by the way. Like Ben Simmons, I, I hope he's good, but I'm not. I'm not like emotionally attached to Ben Simmons. Yeah, he, hasn't, he, hasn't pl- he hasn't played yet. So yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll change. So yeah, yeah, it, it's certainly possible, but there's a lot of like new pieces here that, that haven't been around the whole time. And I, I haven't had time enough to sort of decide how much I like them or not. And, um, so I, who, who are I, the people that you're connected to? Obviously Embiid. Covington. Em- sure. Embiid, uh, TJ McConnell, Wow, and, and I mean, he's been here, right? He survived it the same way that we did. Um, uh-huh. And I, even though I didn't like him in the beginning, I, I uh, well, not that I, I didn't like him. I, I don't have the same um, uh, disdain for scrappy um, white point guards that, like, someone like say Michael Bauman might have. But mm-hmm. I, I just I didn't think he was any good. So, but he proved me wrong, and he ended up being good. But I don't, I don't know that there's any, but like the Wild Cabro, I, I. I get the sense I've I've heard I get the sense he might be sort of like an aloof like like jerk from from people. That's, no, that's got to be a stereotype. Oh, and no, no, I, there have been a few people who have met him out in in public who have reported back to me. Like maybe he just he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, and maybe that's it. But oh, and Dario to a to an extent, but less of an extent. I I uh, I feel so. Those are the guys. Those are the four. What guys. about what about Staskus? No. I don't. Nothing. No. Nothing for Staskus. No. I hope he ends up being good, but I the, the only current player to ever appear on the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast, and you feel nothing for him. No, I hope he has a good career. Yeah, I, but I don't. He, his his role in, in the in the great pick swap trade of 2015. Nothing. No, I I can't even. It's sort of like why you can't explain why you like a song. You just do or you don't. Really. Sure, and you can pick out your favorite don't, parts. Don't bring your other podcast onto here. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're talking about the we're talking about the Sixers right now. We don't need to be talking about love songs, <laughs> or whatever it's about. Well, it's not about songs exclusively. But anyway, well, I, that's confusing to me. I know. Well, as is, isn't that sort of on brand for me? <laughs> All right, right, fair enough. So it's on brand for you in, in a certain way too. There's- I so you just I I can so I can I can explain to you. I can say that I feel an affection toward Covington or TJ and explain the things that I like about them, but I don't know that that is the specific reason why I feel that. I those are just the things that I like. So I don't know what and it's the same with songs or even movies. You can pick out the things that you like, but to me the the best things that in entertainment for me 
uh, whether it be sports or movies or TV or whatever, are the things that make me feel something emotionally that I can't quite explain one reason sure. or another. And at, those are the four players that on some reason or another. But to the same no, – no, no, Rashawn. No, I don't. Uh, no, be- Jaleel Okafor. Well, it's there's an emotion, <laughs> but it, it's it's certainly not a positive one. No, and Rashawn, I I think if I were to explain it, it's probably because for a, for a minute there, it was I was so pro Nerlens, and people were comparing the two that it it made me sort of turn, like it made me keep Rashawn Holmes at an arm's distance. I think, and and so those players, th- this team. Because I ha- I feel such a distance from the from the um, because so much of what we've we've talked about and created over the last few years has been about a a way of thinking and a a um, a uh, I'm not going to use the word but <laughs> from from a top down we're all in this together thing and I don't feel that anymore aside from the fact that you and I and the people the fans are in this together but the organization maybe not so much in the same way that I feel a distance toward it so I I have felt like I that that whole thing that this whole thing has been over for a while and this whole the um the whole expectation thing I I don't know how to I don't know <laughs> I don't know how to internalize it and I don't know how to mm-hmm. feel about it because I have felt a certain amount of distance for the last you know Six to eight months or so. Sure. And that's sort of where I so your so your ship of Theseus only has Dario, TJ, Embiid, and Covington left on it. Yeah, and and who? Oh, and Brett, and Brett, and Brett. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And what about you? I would say those guys. I would add Stauskas. Yep. And I would add uh, Rashawn. Okay. And what do you feel about going into next year with them? Maybe because remember, here's the other thing that will change. So as the expectations change, so does the tone. And this has happened a little bit this year because of the the January they had. But as expectations change, the way oh, people January remember January. I know we'll always have it. the The expectations change, but the way people talk about it change, and the way we discuss them changes. And that's part of the part of what we have um, been a part of over the last few years is a certain way to talk about them in a in a you know in a non in a non um in a non in a non normal way but we're going to go into a normal way of talking to about a basketball team and i don't i don't know, I know. how to expect that's, that yeah that's the thing it's like we're going to you know be fighting we're going to have a tough five game stretch we're going to have to care about, about like a road trip yeah yeah well and it's like oh home and home with a team we're going to have to remember old terms of like games that i cared about Right. Back in the day. We're going to have to complain about playing four games in six nights or something. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be weird. Yeah. I don't. I mean, essentially what we're having to say is like, this is going to have to become a real podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how to, we've never done that before. No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I feel like I've talked about this before, but like back when, I, I guess it would have been like, when was Oklahoma City in the finals? Was it 2010? In that area? Uh, something like that, yeah. Uh, I remember on the, Thunder blog, welcome to Loud City. Yep. Um, which is this? What is the SB Nation Thunder blog? There was an article about like which rotations were working. And this is 2010, like early stuff mm-hmm. in terms of a- analytics and things. Twenty, it was like which lineups were working and which def- defensive rotations that 
that the Thunder were employing that that was that was helping them succeed or fail. And I was like, I was still obviously writing primarily at Liberty Ballers at the time, but it was like, imagine, I can't, I couldn't even imagine anything the Sixers doing mattering enough to where I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do a deep dive on their defensive rotations. Right, Here we right, go. Right. Yeah. Like, it's it was always just like oh, they're they're playing and they're losing probably. It's wait a and minute. In the 2010, so that was that was the Eddie Jordan year. So it was like, just they've been so they've been they've been such a non-entity for so long that I next year I know we're hyping it up and you know everyone could get hurt and the Sixers could sell the team to Camden and whatever. Uh, but they're going to theoretically start to matter. And the games they play will start to matter. My writing partner, one of my best friends, the other day was we were watching, I guess it was Sixers Magic like last week. And he, I've known him. I met him on How I Met Your Mother, and I, I've known him for so five-ish years. Um, and he turned to me and goes, I've never watched a meaningful Sixers game with you. <laughs> I've never, you've never, I've never seen you talk about the Sixers in a meaningful. And there's never been a game that's like, oh, this game matters. They have to win. And he's like a huge University of Arizona fan, so like I've watched tons of Arizona basketball with them in games that matter. But then with the Sixers, 82 games a year, none of it's mattered. It's it's just a crazy. It's been a it's been a very interesting few years, and after a very non-interesting decade of Sixers basketball and and coming out of it to be not just a normal team because we'll always have have that asterisk of process era but talking about them as if they're a normal team will will be a change it'll be interesting I, I don't want to let this go by and not mention that at the same time that the sirens were going in your house my dog was going nuts at the same time it was very uh it Great. felt it, it felt there he is. It felt very it felt perfect. Yeah. What do you think uh, now that you talk about that and talking about defensive rotations and all that being popular? Maybe uh, Derek the paywall Godner is doing this at a strategic time to yeah. he, he thinks that we can't handle the uh, the pressure. The podcast game. Yeah. There's a there's a weakness. There's a there's a market uh, yeah. inefficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when. When the games start to matter, there's no way those guys are going to know anything about them. <laughs> uh, I see what you're doing, Paywall. I see what you're doing. By the way, just ran Tankathon again. Lakers get the first pick. Celt- oh, come on. Celtics get the second pick. We get the fifth. Sacramento gets the sixth as, as it. Uh, top so three. Right now, right now we're at, there's six games left. Everybody yep. around us has six games left. Phoenix is only half a game behind the Lakers. Right. Phoenix lost 10 straight games. Yep. I love them for it. Uh, the Lakers have come very close to losing many games or winning many games, but they're still, they still have half a game on Phoenix. I bought tickets, something I rarely do. I bought tickets to this week's, it's it's this coming Friday, Lakers Kings game, the ultimate pick swap bowl. Wow. I bought tickets. I bought good seats because it's like, if I'm going to go to a game, if I go to one game a year, Let's get good seats, right? You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And so I'm going to try to find. This is this is what tells tells you the kind of sports town LA is. I'm gonna, I am having trouble finding anyone with like Lakers gear, 
because I want to be decked out in Lakers gear to show up for that game. It'll be very interesting. Wednesday game, Friday? Friday. We should uh, we'll talk er- about it. The- yeah, we should have a, a group uh, a group watch on, on Twitter for that, like in the Tank Bowl. That'll be very, very important. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. It's the ultimate game. It's, fr- it's late Friday. It's, so it's West Coast. So you'll be asleep. But Hey, it's a Friday. I could stay up <laughs> for the start of it, at least, you I can, think. You could stay up. That's yeah. good for you. Uh, it's a huge game. I mean, it's the ultimate game. There's like there'll be like three games after that. If if that that could that could jump the Lakers back to three over Phoenix, that could move Sacramento to five or four. Right. It's big. It's big. It's very very big. So I got to be there for it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be Lakers bro for one night. Yeah. Ugh, the the of all there are a lot of 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 course I've seen a lot of opposing. Uh, team's fans at the center over the last several years i would say the worst of the ones that i like the least when they're there are celtics and lakers fans and they are they are very different um celtics fans i always like to say are the philadelphia celtics fans are the most house of pain version of celtics fans um Mm -hmm. they all come to the game with uh basketball celtics jerseys with no shirt underneath and usually have a bad like um, Celtic cross tattoo on their uh, bicep, and then the Lakers fans are the most decked out of any fans. So yeah. they will come in like the Lakers warm up, uh, full uniform with the hat and the <laughs> sign and all this yes. kind of stuff. So yeah. they're very bad in very different ways. Those fans things. are fans are so weird. They are just in general. Well, every all fans are bad. Yeah, all teams fans are bad. Yep, they're all bad. They're they're all. I I um I appreciate them all as long as I don't have to be around any of them. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, before we get on to the next topic, which is I believe uh, TJ's look, let's talk about our sponsor, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. You may have heard LL is giving away a seventy five hundred dollar engagement ring at the lottery party. The only catch is, dun dun dun, you have to get engaged at the lottery party. Uh, got to get engaged. You got to get engaged at the lottery party. We're going to put a spotlight. It's going to be in front of everyone. Like this is – be ready because there's going to be – now, here's the plus side. You're going to have a lot of pictures from a lot of different people. We're going to have video of it. There's going to be a spotlight of you and, oh, by the way, you don't have to pay for the ring. Um, and you'll have a story that you'll either love telling people or you'll never want to tell people ever again. Um, yeah, if you think we have a tough time – explaining what the podcast is and the lottery party is. <laughs> yeah. Imagine what it'll be like when you get engaged at one. The ring itself is beautiful. A Halo-style diamond engagement ring with a GIA-certified princess cut center diamond in 18-carat white gold, dime, uh, 18-carat white gold uh, over a carat. Again, retail value $7,500. If you want to enter, go to writestorikisanchez.com, and the uh, info is there about how it will work. Now, let's say you want to get an engagement ring, but you don't want to get engaged at a lottery party, and you want to pick out your ring. LL Pavorsky Jewelers is where you do it. We've had uh, we've had thirty three. I, I haven't. I don't know if there's confirmation on the thirty fourth yet. Either thirty three or thirty four. Writes to Ricky Sanchez. Listeners have bought rings from Lee. We get um, emails from all of them that went from "Wow, that's nice" to "Wow, I can't believe we get so many emails." To "Oh God, it's another email about LL." But they're all amazing, um, and he can. The great thing is, is no matter what your budget is. Um, 
he will find a way to get you the best ring possible. He will take all the time in the world. Like you're like, like you're, you might not be spending, you know, a, a ton, a ton, a ton of money, but he will treat you like you are. So, uh, but before you go in there to buy an engagement ring, you got to reach out, make an appointment. He'll, he'll get some info from you, from you. So he knows what he needs to show you when you come in, call them at uh 215-627-2252. You can email Lee at the website, com. The store, as I said, is at 707 Walnut. And for every podcast, LL makes a generous donation to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Just sign your name at the bottom of this incredibly flattering email LL already drew up about your experience to Mike and Spike. (laughs) That's awesome. Very good. Very good. All right. Before we get on to kinky, uh, kinky, hinky, let's get on to hinky. Before we get on to hinky and the king's rumors, here's my theory about TJ's look as I was watching last night. Because he's, go. he's got this. Uh, um, who was mentioning? I think it was Sean O'Connor was mentioning that there's some bad facial hair on the Sixers. Uh, TJ's got like a pretty bad goatee going on. The hair feels like it's in a state of um, transition on some level. It's changed a lot over the last, you know, two years that we've had him. It's the, you know, um, it's a, I guess I sort of have a a similar, it's very, very short on the sides, almost nothing there, and very heavily product um, at the top. And uh, I sort of feel like, here's my, my thought about TJ's look. I said last night that he looks like he's one of the guys in Ace's gang in, um, in Stand By Me. Um, he looks like sort of like a 60s era greaser yeah. guy. I sort of feel like – so I remember when I lost weight and it was about 15 years ago. I lost like 80 pounds in a few months. And when I got to the end of it, I didn't really know how to dress um, because I had not been skinny like before since I was like 11 years old. So I went through I would say several years of trying to figure out what I was supposed to look like. There were some good times in there, some bad times. There were some terrible long hair. Eventually, I got there. I feel like TJ, and this is because maybe because he's got a, a special lady in his life now. He's getting married. Over the last couple of years, has gone from the all I care about is basketball look, you know, just the the uh, the shaved head and nothing else going on, to now he's he's sort of evolving his look. But I feel like we're in in the middle part of that, you know, like the he's not quite there yet. Um, because the facial hair is pretty bad and I don't, I don't know if even the haircut works as a professional, but that's a lot of product to have in your hair when you're playing basketball, you know? Yeah. Well, look, I'll say this. Yeah. Are you done or do you want me to? No, no, no. That's all I got. And I love him to death. This, this is not meant to be insulting in any way. Yes. Well, I empathize with that because when I, like when I showed up at, uh, in LA from Philly and then Ithaca, I had terrible fashion, but it's, it's doesn't come all at once. Right. So like I was wearing, I showed up to my first day at how many mother in like khaki shorts and sketchers and it just like, I'll never live it down. It was bad, but you get it. You get piecemeal. You get like an article of clothing that works. You get a haircut that works. It, it doesn't happen all at once. So I agree with you that he's in, he's transitioning. He's in the middle of something. I, I trust where he's going to find it at the end of the road. But, uh, but yeah, there's going to be things he looks back on and goes, oh, no. So I'm with you. Yeah. All right. I'm so, TJ, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, we've all been TJ, you know? We've, right. we've all hey, been. Hey, TJ there. is all of us. Yeah. 
And honestly, you can even whittle it down to haircut. Like if you've ever, and I know you have, if you've ever shaved your head, going from no hair to having some hair, there are a lot of awkward stages in the middle of that. You know, mm-hmm. change change is not um, is not you know it's not easy, nor is it immediate. So midway through this week, was it midway through this week? There was yeah. a Mark Stein report. That the that Adrian Wojnarowski uh, and one of Woj's best tweets came later yes. on that night. Ever, 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 I would say that the Kings had uh, had been seeking permission to speak with Sam Hinkie about a front office position, and they were looking to bring somebody above Vlade. Uh, Hinkie, of course, is has his non compete until uh, until this summer. Woj then confirmed that report. Then the Sacramento Kings said that they were not hiring Sam Hinkie and they were not looking. This was the best part. They they put out a, a statement that said that they were not looking to bring in anybody above Vlade and they were not hiring Sam Hinkie. Woj in one tweet says, Kings say they are not looking to bring in anybody above Vlade Divac. Then in parentheses writes, they're looking to bring somebody in ahead of Vlade Divac, which I thought was unbelievable. So much, <laughs> so much fire. Not, like I think Woj just hates incompetence, and I yeah, yep. respect it absolutely. So here's here's how I see this. Here's what I see this as. I don't think that there's any possibility that Hinky would go and work for Vivek. I think his. I think what he's learned from what happened at the Sixers and mm-hmm. what I had heard from uh, from someone was that he learned the import. He sort of felt not snookered by the Sixers owners, but he thought he was getting one thing and he got another thing. And that ownership is the most important thing going into any situation. And yeah. though I think Vivek is very well-meaning, he he does not, he cannot separate himself from that decision-making process. Yeah. So what I saw this was, was the first uh, shot, the shots fired in the Sam Hinkie, the free agent front office guy, um, rumor mill starting as what I believe he will be. And, and there have been a lot of talk. Will he never get an, ever get another job? I believe he will be on some level the most sought after front office free agent, um, maybe in league history. I don't think that that means that he will accept a GM position because I don't think I think if the the right one isn't available. I think he would rather probably go to a great organization without full control to bide the time. But my guess would be by the start of the or by the draft or whenever he can that Sam Hickey will be with another team. And I think this is the beginning of it. That'd be interesting. I I don't know. I don't know if he's going to rush back. Really? Into one. I think <laughs> I think pe- people took like, oh, why would he even meet with them as like maybe he is interested. So they asked they asked the Sixers for permission. The Sixers granted it. Um, no, if you've been out of the if you've been sort of out for a year, like I think he's going to meet with everybody. That's why he, you know, that's why it took took so long for them to hire Brett. It was there was a conscious process of meeting with whoever. I think Hinky will hear what anybody has to say, and also the fact that the added bonus of the fact that he totally ripped off the Kings in the greatest trade of all time. I think why why wouldn't you want to show up show up in Sacramento and like just be like, yeah, I, I took, I took these guys. I took them pretty good. Yeah, victory tour. It would be like the yeah, ja- the, the victory tour. Like I would, the- I would show up. I would, absolutely. 
Yeah, and and why would you wear a look, smug look on your face all all weekend? It's the best. His entire his entire way of thinking has been more information is better than less information. So yeah. why would you not go in there and try to uh, take information away from the interview? You know, even exactly. if you're not interested. Now, I do think of all the possibilities, him going to the Kings is is the funniest easily. Yeah, like by far is the I, I, like I don't even know how I I. It would be am- I don't think the internet could handle it. I don't think this yeah. podcast could handle it. I don't think we as as fans of his and the Sixers could handle that. You so know? you know how like the 2016 2017 has been like an incredible year for like finishes to like the World Series yep. for the, in the NBA Finals. That, all the, the March Madness. Yeah, the 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 the, the uh, Mississippi State UConn game last night. The women's yes. NCAA game. Yeah, absolutely. This this would be that. Yes. If 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 Hinky sends to Sacramento, this would be oh, this fits in too perfectly. This is too much fun. And I can't believe it's real. So if that happens, that would be as as momentous of a Twitter occasion than uh as Chris Jenkins is shot going in. Like that that level of insanity. Uh but you asked me and I did preparation. I did wow. upwards of twelve seconds of preparation for this okay. podcast. Uh you asked me what three teams I would want him to sign with yes. Hinky to, to be the GM of. Yeah, and I, I put – why don't you give me – how about this? Why don't you give me the three teams you'd want him to sign with and then if if you want to throw a couple of shots in the dark as the most likely. You know, in, in, I, you're, in I think your, these are a combination of like of, – of, of likely and – Okay. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you give me – There's your two, two obvious-ish ones and then one out of left field. Okay, go ahead. First one, and we've discussed this before, is Dallas. Yep, on my uh, list as well. Him, first of all, I think Cuban would would not care about the perception of of what the look is. Oh, and by the way, we should say this: people keep assuming that, and or maybe it's just for the bad jokes on Twitter, but people keep assuming that Hinky going somewhere means okay, they're tanking, and the process is going to happen here. Yeah, and it's just wrong. It's not the case. The reason it happened in Philly, once again was it was the best situation it was the best way to handle the current signature situation at the time. Doesn't mean every team should tank. Doesn't he, mean every team should rebuild and, and trade everybody for draft picks. By it the way was just, that was a, that was a barren team that Hinky did exactly what he had to do with it. He he uh, he and not only that, he has said this explicitly in the in the Zach Lowe podcast that came out three days before he left the Sixers, he, he said that explicitly that that even, it was one day. It was the day before. The day before. They, that he even said that creating a team that was just a like fifty win team every year is also a challenge. That if the you know if that's what ownership wanted, he would look at that challenge as a uh, like a challenge too. That that there are several different ways to do this thing depending on the situation and the goals of ownership. So um, so thinking. That this is the only thing he can do because it's the only thing that he's done. But by the way, Houston was that. Like Houston was was yeah. the we're not allowed to tank, but we still want to try to get a championship sort of yeah. way, which is a a long. But as long as this takes, that's even longer because you yeah. can, you can't. So anyway, all right. So that's go why ahead. I've always been. That's why I've always been so. And we're dipping back into process arguments, but that's why I've always been so annoyed and dismissive of the term like oh another wasted year like. What what team isn't having a wasted year right now? There's got to yeah. be what four that aren't. Like yeah. every year, you're trying to get good, and most teams 
are not good enough because they don't have the best players. So the Sixers are trying to get the best players. So like, is this a wasted year in Indiana and Portland and Atlanta and Memphis? And uh, I mean, it just it always pissed me off. And uh, um, by the way, and, uh, and and I know we've mentioned the Mavericks as like a not a realistic possibility in any uh, informed sense, but hey, that would make sense. I was uh, told by somebody who I, I feel like knows something that. It would it would be superior unlikely because of Donnie Nelson and that Donnie Nelson is not sure. going anywhere. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, also, just the idea of pairing him back with Nerlens would be pretty great. Would be awesome. Yep. I think we could do that. Um, the second one, another another one that would uh, that would hit home a little bit is uh, New Orleans. Oh yeah. Him going to the Pelicans. Uh, two very interesting premier players in. Cousins and Davis. Oh, I thought you meant then, Drew Holiday and Davis. Well, anyway, go and ahead. then and then Drew also, yeah. yeah so yeah, who he, who he traded to kick off the process. That would that would feel good as a like. Oh yeah, this it's like sort of a comforting like a uh, full circle deal. Um, I think he'd do. I think he'd do great there. I think he'd he'd work around the edges, try to get pieces that fit with those three guys. And that's a different sort of that's a different sort of challenge than a task that I think you do great at. How about you? Th- what do you think? Uh, yeah, I am so. I, I think it's a a good spot. It's Dale for Demps him. is still the GM, right? Yes, and it's an interesting. Oh, sp- yeah, another team that he would victory victory tour. Yes, victory lap. I I do think I I my um I I don't. <laughs> one thing I did when I was looking at the teams I sort of wanted him to go to was that I was like, hmm. Would I wear gear from that team? Is that gear <laughs> ugly? And I don't like Pelicans gear at all. Yeah. Like not even a yeah. little bit. And I also yeah. really have a I really don't like DeMarcus Cousins. But I think as far as a challenge, I think it would be interesting. It's a good hinky spot in that way. And the last one is a bit of a surprise. That would take some maneuvering and, and decision making, but I'm gonna say the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes. I brought them up a while ago. You did? Yes. I, I think like they, I, it's perfect. It's a team that doesn't know where to go with a guy in yeah. charge that doesn't know what he's doing. And by the way, an owner who would let him – dude, Steve Ballmer is letting let – yeah. Doc Rivers do whatever he wanted. Steve Ballmer would, would, is the right kind of owner. Absolutely. I think he'd probably – the first move would probably be trade Blake and just get a bunch of 3 and D guys in between CP and, and DeAndre. Well, isn't isn't Blake a free agent? I think he has something. Okay. Um, uh, I'm, I'm looking it up. You can, but I think the Clippers would be would be perfect. I yeah, think. it seems like that's sort of like out of left field. Like yep. they need they need some sort of boost. Yeah, he's got a player option, okay. so he might he might he might decline. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, they are, they are in, they are in a they're at a a crossroads it, with Paul being a free agent. Blake. It seems uh, like probably. it seems like they've they've just ran it back so many times. It's yeah. like guts. It's I think it's done. Yeah, I they'll honestly have one think... good month. They'll have one like January esque month. Yeah, and all good months are now January. Or all Jan- yeah. January is the best month, right? Yes. Uh, that'll be a good T-shirt one day. I remember January twenty seventh. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get Max on it. Uh, yeah. So here are so I did. Um, I, I chose mine in a in a different way. Um, I chose mine based on uh, two things: based on uh, would I wear the gear, and, and comedy. Um, mm-hmm. And the the 
the comedy factor sort of um, is a little bit higher than would I wear the gear, but those are the two. And I don't want to get into this whole thing again, but somebody asked me on, brought up when we had the whole discussion about like, would you, would you cheer for the team that he goes to sort of about our, about about allegiance to a team rather than a person. Again, I will say, that you know, I live in Philadelphia. I will always cheer for the Sixers because they're here. They're the the team that I watch. But I do feel more of a attachment to a person I believe in and a an an ideology that I believe a philosophy. in. Philosophy, yeah, yeah. And that I don't think there's anything crazy about that. And when when John Starks left the Knicks and was on the Jazz, I cheered for him on the Jazz. Like I didn't become a. But this is different. This is the guy ahead of the whole team. So right. I will. I don't know who I would. I don't know how I will react until it happens. But I can tell you that wherever he goes, I hope he succeeds. So yeah. The, the three teams – okay, the number one team actually that I thought is the funniest and would I wear the gear, yes, probably, is the Sacramento Kings. I just – like the the story for them – from them going to the most inept – from the most inept GM probably to the – the storylines are too good for – to not ignore that we've just gone over. So that – number one, I picked the Kings. Um, number two, um, a team that has some decisions to make. And um, and also a very high comedy factor. Um, and also, I would consider wearing the gear would be the Washington Wizards. Mm. Um, can you imagine uh, the sharp apocalypse of yes. of Sam Hinkie being the GM there? And I'll tell you, um, it doesn't take much for me to like a player or not like a player. You know that. I've always liked John Wall, uh, um, Mm -hmm. as evidenced by my wall over Westbrook take that I will repeat anytime I can. But when they, when the, when Bojan Bogdanovic destroyed the Sixers, when we went to the game, I was like, that guy's good. And when they traded for Bojan, I was like, oh my God, I kind of like the Wizards. And there's always the chance they could just, I could wear bullet stuff because they wear the bullet stuff every once in a while. So I think the Wizards would be pretty hilarious. And finally, and this you'll find maybe the most surprising, is um, because you already said the Mavericks. I had a tie for three, so I'll take the Mavericks off, is the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Now, I have some – I I think I'm pretty certain that there's no chance of him going to the Hawks. Now, there are – of course, if you've listened to the podcast a while, I've always disliked this version of the Hawks. But what I would like best about this is that I really don't like Mike Budenholzer. And this Why? Would, because he's sort of I, – I don't know if you ever I, – I think – I can't remember if it was an article or a podcast that I read. But he was pretty slimy in um, in sort of taking power from – during that whole Danny Ferry situation. And mm. he is a he, – he, here are the two things. Once – when I heard he's sort three things, he's joyless. I think um, I look at him and his he's got dead eyes. He's, he has dead eyes. The second thing is that I think he's a snake. And the third thing is when I went to that All Star practice and he was having the players do defensive drills during the All Star practice. I thought it was insane. I don't like him at all, and I would love for the Hawks to have to. Um, to be able to to sort of do a face turn on the Hawks and like the Hawks because Hinky went there, so those are my three teams. Um, and then when I when I went to most likely, 
Um, I thought I had Clippers and Magic in most likely. I thought Magic is is an interesting um, an interesting one too. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Orlando, I think will probably they probably think they just did the hinky thing with yes. Hennigan. Oh Whatever. shit. Okay, so Tankathon. Um, the Sixers wind up with the first pick via Sacramento. Um, Lakers get the second pick. Boston gets the third pick. And uh, Sacramento ends up with the sixth pick that they end up swapping with the Sixers, which would be – of course, that is best lottery party result yes. is, swap, is the swap. swap. Swap is more important than Laker the Lakers pick and thing yep. because they're going to be bad next year. Um, Paul George notwithstanding, the Lakers – will be bad next year, and, and it'll be fun to root for them to not have to worry about it, it whether the pick is protected or not. Well, That'll be... Also, I never want to live in a world where the Lakers pick actually conveys. It's more so, fun what, to think about. What, hap- yeah. what happens then? Yeah. What really happens then? The, uh, and, and also, here's, keep, an eye, keep an eye on Chicago for Hinky. Just oh, if, well, if they're like just ownership. totally going to... I know, but if they yeah. totally just like start from scratch, I could see it happening. Just here's, saying Jimmy Butler and then go. And here's the the by the way the um, uh, shit I lost it forget it uh, okay um, do, you uh, to, do you want to go to meniscus corner for a couple minutes yeah let's go to meniscus corner and then let's go to uh, uh, half hour um, network comedy <laughs> corner perfect oh by the way before we get to either corner have you seen Nocturnal Animals the movie yeah yes I saw it last night. Look, I am predisposed to like anything that Amy Adams is in and anything that Jake Gyllenhaal is in. Uh, they are, I would say, my two current favorites because mm-hmm. everything that Jake Gyllenhaal is in usually ends up weird, and I like weird. I like him. This, um, this is definitely a weird movie. I really – now, I will say I was predisposed to like it, but I really enjoyed it. So, Okay. I, how, did you enjoy it? Uh, so if you haven't it's, – it's, there's like a movie within a movie Yes. Uh, in there. And I liked the movie within the movie, but not the movie. That's fair. That's definitely fair. I thought the it movie... was kind of non. It was kind of nonsense. I thought the just mo- like her going around bathtubs reading a manuscript. Yeah, it was a but, little. It was a little um, uh, soap commercial, I guess. I, or, yeah. But but I do think the movie within the movie was some of the most tense. Yeah. Like it was. It was the first half hour of the movie. I thought. Oh was, my god. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. The, wait. Wait. Woj just tweeted. Oh boy! The NBA has awarded the Sixers an injury hardship exception, clearing the way to sign Alex Poitras of Fort Wayne in the D League. That is amazing. Who's that guy? Former Kentucky Wildcat. Okay. What a day! What a day! Well, and that's perfect for us to talk about meniscus corner with the injury exception. So, uh, so what's his name? Uh, Robert Covington. I'm sorry, is out for the rest of the year with a uh, a minor meniscus tear. Um, Okafor is out now. Now, if anyone thought the Sixers were sitting guys to tank, Okafor also out the rest of the year. I think somebody tweeted earlier, and I this was before the last couple of games that the Sixers actually had a winning record this year in games in which Okafor did not play, played zero minutes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how insane is that? It's 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 a hundred percent insane. It's crazy, and it's also like it makes total sense, but it's also insane. I I this, don't the the, the Poitier stuff really for me. Me and my me and my again writing partner Patrick had a bet going about. He said, "You remember Marshall Henderson from for yes. Ole Miss?" Yes. 
He said Marshall Henderson would have would, would make the NBA and Alex Poitras would not. And so not only does Alex Poitras make the NBA, but he makes it for the Sixers. This is a huge moment for me. I am going to dunk all over him today. It's going to be great. Okay. Sorry. Go on. All right. So meniscus corner. Yes. I got to tell you, I am in I, – I, I don't know. Here's the problem. If we all look at each other and say, oh, Covington's out the rest of the year, they're tanking, then we can't also look at his minor meniscus tear that also, you know, um, I, I've heard several doctors say that most NBA players probably have minor meniscus tears. It's just how how bad it is. If they need, yeah, if they need, cool narrative for them to just start saying within the last like fucking four months. Oh, by the way, we have we, no one's ever said this before, but everybody has meniscus tears. No, 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 but that's a real thing. But that's, I know, yeah. but it's only, but it keeps the every one of the Sixers keeps intermittently tearing their meniscus and poking me in the eye. <laughs> well, I just don't know. I I, I don't uh, look. The Sixers do not have a a a good history with injuries over the last five years. But uh huh. But, but 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 let's let's be all right. So the Ben Simmons injury, he broke his foot. I like. I'm not. I'm not. That's whatever. When you draft big men who come in, like Nerlens Noel came in with an ACL tear. Joel Embiid came in with several different injury issues um, that have been doc- well-documented. So I, I, don't, I don't know if um, Robert Covington's injury is, is actually real or not, like in, an, in any meaningful way. And Julia Okafor is maybe the laziest basketball player I've ever seen. So I, I, I'm, it would appear as if that they are not good at this, whether it is rehabbing guys, whether it is whatever it is. It, it would appear as if that they are not good at this. But it would also appear as if there is a world in which they have taken so many risks on players, risk in, for lack of a better word, who have an injury history that it's going to make whatever is going on here look a lot worse because of that. And their messaging has been so bad about all of these things, whether they've been lying or not lying or like the Simmons thing, at the very least, the messaging was bad. The Embiid thing, at the very least, the messaging and the clarity was bad. That I, I just have a – they have to – whatever is going wrong, whether it is um, the athletic trainer or the – the um the rehab whatever it is or the messaging alone the PR alone they've got to fix it because nobody trusts them anymore and yes. uh, it looks terrible that's all I'll say that's my yeah I mean it's just there there's certainly the theory out there and quietly people are saying it that hey they're just tanking they just want to lose they just want to you know give the young guys a shot you know maintain Covington for an extension that he's going to sign or Okafor for any small value trade they can get out of him. It's all just, you know, nothing is really that serious. Chill out. Right. But I don't think that they've earned the benefit of the doubt. Right. You know, because they've been so horrible with this for years. Yeah, like it, at the very least, if that's what they're choosing to do, if they're choosing to sit these guys with 
fakeish injuries, not fake. It, it's sort of a bad way to do it, given given what's gone on. Like it's a poor choice uh, of, mm-hmm. of of way to sit them. So, um, I just really hope Brian Colangelo has a. And remember, this goes this goes pre Colangelo. If we want to go to the Roten thing yes. and the so Brian Colangelo has a a very good history in terms of sports science and. Um, I hope that whatever is wrong, whether it is messaging, whether it is um, behind the scenes, physician, whatever it is, I hope they fix it because it feels terrible right now. That's what I'll say. I just, it just, it keeps happening. It's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Just like be a human team and don't let everybody get injured all the time. And it's, it's honestly. You know how like teams bring in a new new coach when the GM comes in a new regime and a new ownership. Just get a new get new medical staff. I don't well, care anymore. Scapegoat the medical staff. Scapegoat the training staff. Kevin Johnson, whoever. I'm ready for them. They, he's been employed for fucking forever. They'll get jobs somewhere else. It's fine. Get new people in there and a new idea. You can't be like Johnny Sports Science and let everybody keep getting injured left and right. Let's just change it up. Let's just something is different. It's been. It's been how long has it been with the team? Fucking like thirteen years. Well, I'm, I'm certainly I, I'm I don't know whose fault anything is. So I, I I'm yeah, not, that's, I'm and, not that, and they're, ben- and they're benefiting, job. but they're benefiting from that. They're benefiting from, from the fact that like no one knows anything. So we're just like blindly calling for someone's job. I want it. I want someone's head on a stick. I'm I'm calling for it. I'm I, not this guy usually. I am enough not is calling enough. for it. I am not calling for it. <laughs> I'm calling for it. I want to be this, very clear. Mike the, is calling for the sti- it. The consensus of this podcast, 50% rounds up, is that we're calling for it. Well, I I, <laughs> I believe we don't have a consensus, I think. So we'll, 50% we'll, rounds up. Yeah, it, <laughs> rounds up to what? <laughs> to rounds up to consensus. Okay. I stand by it. All right. Uh, come I wanna, on. Enough already. Before, I want to talk. Uh, there's a, it is a big week for... Big week for trial and error uh, in that this Tuesday show is the show like is is your show in terms of like so explain this to me you are on the writing staff all the time but this is the yes. one that that you take the lead on is that is that yeah so works? the so the deal is you're you know we started so the show's trial and error uh, it's on NBC on Tuesdays at 9 and 9 30 there's two episodes each week so mine will be the second episode mine will be the 9 30 episode um, so the yeah, there's writing staff. There's like what, like eleven or so people on it. And then when the episodes, when you start breaking the stories for each episode, the first the first episode goes to the creator of the show, and then it just goes down from like usually from at least in comedy from like level from like level of importance. So just like co-executive producer gets the script, and then supervising producer gets the script. So it just goes down, down, down until you get the staff writer, and that's that's where me and Pat are. Um, and so we wrote, so everyone else after everyone else will have already gotten their episode and then we get ours. It's just like, it's just like in order basically. And then, um, even though everybody writes the scripts together or has a hand in writing the scripts, uh, like the first drafts and the outlines and all like the, like you're basically, you're like your point person on this episode. So we were, we were on set for the whole episode and whereas on the other episodes, we're still in the room writing other jokes or breaking other stories and stuff so this is the episode that we 
somewhat came up with the idea for and wrote the first draft of and then was on set for the week. But everything gets rewritten. Everybody rewrites everything. So it's not like it's not like I wasn't involved in the other episodes, but this is just more more ownership for us in this instance. So do you want to tell people – do you want to – so you've said before that there is stuff that we should be on the lookout for. Do you want to – do you want to give people a number of to how many things they should look out for? Like play the game, play the while you watch trial and error. How many? How many specific little mic things that we should look out for are there? Oh, I don't know. I don't. There might be one or two in this. There's there's another okay. there's another thing that we did that is more me. It's a uh, we did this like digital companion series thing. Okay. Um, so the have you do you watch the show? Have you watched the show yet? Just the the first episode on the first night. Okay. Well, the so the the idea is that there's another his, his first wife, uh, John Lithgow's character. Yep. His first wife also uh, died by going through a plate glass window. It's funny. Okay. It's a funny. Yeah. Sh- it's a funny show. It says, it says sounds like it's not funny, but it's funny. Um, it's a joke. It's, Nobody oh, died. Nobody right. died. Nor do we think that that happening is funny okay exactly and so far there hasn't been like pushback against i thought there was going to be more people more like upset about but us trying to trivialize that stuff but it's more making fun of those kinds of shows right and and by the way on some level like even those shows are you could argue the the real versions of those shows are trivially trivializing it in some way i think like um that, that we have a we have a uh, an interesting relationship i think as a people with stories like this you know so like when you're just watching it because you're interesting you think it's interesting you don't even think about the fact that somebody actually is is dead um but anyway continue uh but yeah it's funny um and so the 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 digital thing that we wrote uh is like um it's like a dateline spoof of of his first wife's uh murder Oh, so this is like a, a go, goes along with the the episode that you can just watch online. Yeah, so it'll be. It's not out yet. It's not out yet. There's. It's like a four part little mini mini thing um, that we did, and, and we had more ownership of that, and uh, mostly got to name some people some stupid stuff, which is the more the fun that I think people will 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 relate to basketball. But also in this episode, so that's a separate thing. So that's called Mystery Now, but that's not out yet. I'll yell about that when it's out. But uh, but the episode comes out on Tuesday, and there are uh, there are basketball scenes in it. So we got to be on set. We got to. They actually made a. They actually made in the back of this building a uh, like a basketball court in the parking lot, and it was awesome. And so we got we show up on set and like just got to play basketball while <laughs> while the crew was setting up. Which so that that ruled pretty nice i got it this this seems like a wonderful binge watch show and i know you want people to watch it but the no but it is like that's the idea that's why they're shooting that's why it was like you know most network comedies are just like hey this is a family and they are going to be okay there's there's some hijinks and then at the end of the day they love each other like that's mostly everything so but nbc with this was like hey we know people aren't going to watch it traditionally they're not going to watch. Most people aren't going to watch it like one a week, but it's a. It really is like a case for the whole season, right? And uh, and so there's there's a lot of like story turns and stuff. So it's it it definitely was intended to be like binged and ran through. Uh, I have an inch. I was thinking about that 
in in a more grand sense as I was as I'm two episodes away from finishing S Town and you know, it's sort of like that thing where at the end of a great meal you are disappointed when you only have two bites left. Um yeah. And you try to make it last a little longer, but you still want those two bites. Well, again, now we're with the, the Joel Embiid rookie of the year sandwich analogy, which people people still like. The sandwich analogy. Yeah. Oh, best, yes, best, yes. Best right, sandwich right, right, right. Yeah, yes. A legendary analogy, Spike. So the, <laughs> the uh, people are still talking about it. They are. The, I, someone tweeted at me today about it. So, yeah, they are still talking about it. The, uh, the, they, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, it's weird because so part of me was so excited that like when one episode of S Town was over, there was more that I could just listen to. But then as I got to the end of it, I got disappointed that I don't have eight or ten or twelve weeks of something to look forward to every week. So mm-hmm. I I think for me the best thing is sort of the thing that you guys are doing and in that I like that it comes out every week, so if I want to do it, I can do it that way. But I also like the fact that um, that it is that you can just do it at the end if you want to. I I don't like when everything is dropped at once. I don't think because I don't like it just being over, especially something that I really really enjoy and want to watch every week. So I think this is the best way. That's yeah, I kind of agree. I kind of yeah. like yeah having the it's optionality. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, before we get out of here, I do have a. I'm trying to open it. I have a jigsaw. If you're ready yeah. for it, do are you ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. My thing is opening. There we go. All right. Play. I will play this game. Game play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? Here are your two options. Option number one. And as usual, this is for the rest of your life. Everyone and everything in life is 50% less affectionate than you would consider normal. So that goes from your, um, your girlfriend or your parents or everything. Um, everyday interactions, 50% less affectionate than they are in real life. So you get half of the affection. Or for the rest of your life, everyone and everything is 300% more affectionate than you would consider normal. So three times more affectionate. People that you haven't seen in a while, your girlfriend, your parents, all of them. What world would you rather live in? 50% more or 50% less affectionate? No, 50% less or 300% more. Oh, wow. Okay. Because right. I, I think 50% more or 50% less is a... For, me personally, I like to make this sort of difficult. For me personally, that was actually an easy, an easy decision to make. Three hundred percent more, right? Or fifty percent less? That's a good question. I, I probably, I probably go fifty percent less. Three hundred percent is so much. I would be weirded out all the time. It'd be very uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. But yeah, but three hundred percent more. I. Here was the. There are a couple of problems with 300% more, as I was thinking about it. The first is the time factor. It would yeah. make everything take so long 
Yeah. You know, like... Uh, I would, like, never say goodbye anymore. I'd just leave. Right. <laughs> and then... Because it, so it might even force you to be less affectionate. That might be if this is a Black Mirror episode, it might make the person in the middle of this like completely ineffectual. So then the other thing is that, um, and that was that is that it might make me resent affection. You know, yeah. I might have a, I might like affection less. Um, you know, I might like every every person who likes me. I might like them less because they like me so much. It's annoying. So I thought at the end of the day, I believe that the only thing that really matters in life is love and happiness. That's the only thing that really matters when you're on your deathbed. I thought that having 50% less affection would make me appreciate affection more. And I would have a better mental relationship with affection than I would if it was 300% more. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think I overthought it. Obviously, I had more time to think about it because I came up with it, but that's what I thought about. Yeah, I think I think we're probably sick fucks, but yeah, I I, I, I might I might it might be healthy for me to to have fifty percent less affection to start expecting less. Yeah. So I can be so I could be because I would eventually get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. That's it. Uh. Watch. Law and Order on <laughs> Tuesday. Oh, not Law and Order. I'm sorry. Trial and Error. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that was a joke. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Watch Law and Order at your leisure. Yeah. Uh, it's on all the error. time. Yeah. Law and Order is always episode, on. The first episode is at 9. The second, or my episode is at 9.30. Um, if you DVR it, that's fine. Preferably watch it within three days. But, you know, watch it. It's all The whole show is on NBC.com or Hulu. All of it. You can watch it all. And if, uh, yeah, it's I'll good. People this. like it. It's funny. Preferably within three days, but if you if it's been more than three days, you can still go back and watch them. Anything helps, right? Anything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. All of it. All right. Uh, that's it. Uh, the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast proudly brought to you, home stretch, guys, proudly brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rice Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com. <sighs> Are you down with TTP? God, I can't wait to hear that sweet, sweet response again one day. It's never happening. Yeah, all right. See, see ya. Later. Like I said, won't you